Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. So, you gonna ride shotgun with me, help me fly? That's the plan. And you can work out. Okay. Clearly some aptitude for the... Ain't all buds and charts in the lava truss. You know what the first rule of flying is? Well, I suppose you do, since you already know I'm about to say. I do. But I like to hear you say it. Love. You can learn all the math in the verse. You take a boat in the air that you don't love. She'll shake you up just as sure as a turn in the world. Love keeps her in the air when she ought to fall down. Tells you she's here before she canes. Makes her own. Storm's getting worse. We'll pass through it soon enough. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason, and this week, James and Rob are with me again, and we're going to wrap up our Firefly coverage with the film that asks, what happens if some of the actors won't sign on for any possible sequels? This is all starring the original Firefly cast and directed by Joss Whedon himself. It's 2005's Serenity. But first, uh, let's check in with James and Rob. Um, how has your week been, James? Uh, it's been pretty good. Thanks for asking me first because Rob sucks. Uh, my week was <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, I had an AMA today uh, with uh, uh, Terrence Riley, who is a, a vice president, senior marketing guy over at uh, Eganorsa Leaf uh, Cigars. That was a lot of fun. Hour and a half smoking a cigar uh, and just BSing, uh, you know, via video. So it was a lot of fun. I uh, can't wait to edit that and get that up for the guys over at Simply Stogies.club. Uh, the rest of my week has actually been pretty good. I mean, it's not as good as it was, you know, last week, but it's up there, you know, good. top 10. Now you have a, you have a new episode of uh, Simply Stogies that just recently came out, right? Well, what's that about? I do. So this one, I'm actually on location. I got to use all the new toys that I bought for podcasting. Uh, and uh, I, I went to... Uh, the Walker Homestead out in uh, Iowa City, Iowa, uh, out in the middle of friggin' nowhere. Uh, beautiful vineyard they've got there. They, they're they making their own wines. It's an organic farm. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous country. I mean, when you when you go out there and you you look, there's this, they, they've, it's on a farm and they've got this, this big facility set up. And out the back is the vineyard and it's just these rolling hills of Iowa. It's certainly not like the flat lands of Nebraska. It's beautiful. And you really understand what they what they meant when they said that line in in Field of Dreams where he said, "Is this heaven?" And he looked back and said, "No, it's Iowa." <laughs> now, <sighs> isn't Iowa a Native American word for middle of nowhere? So anywhere that you are in Iowa, you're technically in the middle of nowhere. 
that's completely possible. I believe it's also a, an old Indian word for fuck the hell off. <laughs> Rob, how's your week? Well, first off, I'm a little irritated that uh, you didn't have us say hi. Uh, James and I have been working diligently to <laughs> sync ourselves together. Uh-huh. And, and I have no confidence that that will ever happen. Fuck so us in the ass. I wasn't going to continue that shit show. God <laughs> damn it. Hey, hey um, Yeah. Uh, say hi. Hi. Yeah, see, I didn't do it. Oh. That's why he doesn't do that anymore. Oh. What? Oh. Control the things what? you can and... Yeah, let the ones that you can't just be. So I can control well, this. <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> so how was your week? Uh, not too bad. Um, yeah, it's better than what next weekend's going to be. But uh, What's that's next all right. weekend? Well, next weekend I have to work late Friday night and late Saturday because our uh, company is doing oh, inventory. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I give yeah. you the impression that I gave a shit? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> and then I got like two graduations I have to go to. So it's like just run, 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 you know? No, but, I don't. Well, you have fun with that. I Who's am. got news this how week? Was, hey, how was your weekend, Jason? Oh, my week is uh, not important. So it was fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was Jesus. fun. I was seriously rethinking this entire segment right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, not much happened. Uh, started a new gig this week and, uh, that pretty much took up all my time with, with travel and learning, uh, learning the ropes at a, at a new place. So, um, and other than that, I was prepping for this show and, uh, another show. So that's, that's about my week in a nutshell. Nothing exciting happening. Did you watch any Monty Python? No, neither did anybody else. I have sci-fi news. Picard trailer dropped. It's a little teaser trailer, just a little over a minute long, uh, and it's phenomenal. Uh, I can't wait. I'm super excited about this show now. Um, Monty Python sucks. Go Picard. I actually did watch some Monty Python this week, so fuck you very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but did you watch the more important question is, did you watch this trailer? I did. This trailer looks really good. Um, of course, anything I've, I've been excited for the Jean-Luc Picard uh, show for a, a while now, since they announced it last year. Um, this actually may get me to buy a month subscription of CBS All Access because they're going to dump it on that stupid, stupid platform. Um, so I may buy a month's access of, of CBS All Access to binge watch the first season of Picard and then not you touch it again you for might a year. As, you might as well go ahead and binge watch uh, Dis Discovery. No, I'm not doing two. that. No, you well, should I do mean, it. you've got a, no, I'm not you've doing got a yeah. month. You might as well do it. No, I, right, I think I'm washing time. my hair that day. You should day. do it. You've got plenty of time. No, it's better than Monty Python. Nope. Incorrect. From what I understand, though, is you have to have watched Discovery season one and two to understand what happens in Picard. Your understanding is wrong, and you're no, done. no. Internet said so. Oh yeah, of course. Any uh, other get, uh, uh, stupid ways herpes. that you're going to try and get me to watch a stupid show? You get herpes if you don't watch it. I'll live with How that. Work? I can live with that. I don't. I don't know, but I'm trying. Yeah, I can live with that. Okay. 
Excellent. <laughs> James, you got anything else? There is nothing else. There is only Picard. Resistance is futile. <laughs> Rob, what do you got this week? Well, I got two somethings. So uh, first one is, uh, who here likes Lord of the Rings? Excellent. Birds chirping at this point in time. Moving on? Crickets. Moving on. <laughs> Crickets, birds, whatever. We're, we're I, I had my hand held up. You didn't say. Oh, you did? Let me oh. know vocally if, if you like well, Lord okay, of the Rings. Well, okay, so so Jason, this is a podcast. Um, there is no video. You have to say Hey, I'm just everything. following directions. So Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't when say somebody with says, a raise of hands. Who likes I said, or who does or whatever, people raise their hands. So I was raising my hand. Do you raise your hand when you're talking to somebody on the phone and they ask you, hey, do yes. you like something? Well, no, because they're talking directly to me. It's a one-on-one it's oh. -on -one conversation. Oh, you got confused because it's a, it's a, it's a three-way right now. And they said, do you like? So it's, it's directly to me. Oh. So I respond. But you said who, which was a generalization, kind of a, a general question to the audience. Oh, right. Yeah, well, I, guess I, I thought it was the audience, too. I, and also, I don't like... Lord of the Rings, so. Oh, okay. Well, then this one's not going to, like, uh, do you like anything, do good? anything for you guys? Like, define yeah. good. Like, I don't like Monty Python, so I think that's good that I don't like Monty Python. So, Monty Python's good, so you don't like that. It's not. Lord of the Rings is good, and you don't like that, so I'm... I, uh, okay, look, wait, 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 wait. Lord of the Rings is okay. I wouldn't say exactly that it's good. I won't go out of my way to watch it. I've seen the 17 hours long three movie <laughs> set. It was okay. It was. You didn't well watch done. the extended version. <sighs> see, no, I didn't. Uh, no. And I certain, but I'd never seen the Hobbit. I have no desire to see the Hobbit or whatever comes after the Hobbit. It's like it's, Harry Potter to me. The Lord of the Rings comes after the Hobbit. See, I don't even care. <laughs> whatever. Who? Like, I don't. It's just whatever. I don't. It, it, the the whole thing was kind of silly. It was. It was fun. It was a fun ride. Like, but. Man, look, sitting through Avengers for three hours was a chore, and I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was those were good movies. This was just an okay movie, so it was like it was not something that I really wanted to do. So I won't ever do it again. Meh. Okay, fair enough. Rob, continue. Well, I I guess this is mostly just for you, then, Jason. Um, a guy by the name of Ian Walters. He's a big YouTube guy. Um, he apparently is singing, uh, he sang uh, Time After Time by Cindy Lauper in the voice of Gollum. And it's kind of funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, but he sounded actually pretty decent. I, I just, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, it was one of those, you know, uh, going through links and stuff and it was like Gollum sings time after time and I was like what the fuck I'd rather hear Jar Jar Binks sing mm. time after time mm. yeah not me uh, well. <laughs> what else you so got, that Rob? was um, so the other one I've got uh, involves time travel oh god <laughs> no oh yeah yeah uh, so we got some time travel happening in Terminator Dark Fate uh, yeah uh, I heard something about this yeah, the trailer came out uh, for it, and uh, it actually looks pretty decent. 
Um, I'm only saying there's time traveling involved because, you know, it's Terminator and something came back to kill somebody um, and some other people blew some people up. And uh, it's Arnold's, a trailer. I'm fairly confident yeah. the trailer's spoiler free. Yeah. No, no. I mean, no, that's that's all I know about it. Uh, oh, I see. That's I mean, the plot. you know, yeah, you know, Sarah Connor and, you know, Ar- the T-800 Arnold Schwarzenegger. That Everybody else is new and you have no idea what it is. Apparently somebody new is getting murdered by a robot or trying to get murdered by a robot. And Isn't that know, the plot to every movie? Uh, somebody's trying to get murdered by a robot? Yeah. All the Terminators, yeah. Well, I don't know that yeah. somebody's trying to get murdered by robots, but somebody is getting murdered by robots. Right. Uh, the one thing that did come out is that this is, uh, and it's probably been out before, this happens right after T2. Um, so they're they're getting rid of Rise of the Machines and Salvation and Genesis and um, all that crap and saying that it never happened. Yeah, I'm so, okay with that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um you know, trailer's kind of cool James looking. Also, Cam- Cameron's back for this one. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah right. and I had read about this Well, happening. he's the producer. Yeah. He's executive producer. Tim Miller, who did Deadpool, is directing. I'd, I'd read about this happening last year, um, that James Cameron was going to uh, produce this, and it was going to be kind of, a, kind of a reboot sequel type thing where they basically adjust the timeline back to something else. I don't know. I think that franchise has definitely run its course and then some. It's it's just this it's one of those franchises that won't die. I'm not really looking forward to it. I haven't even seen Genesis. You're not missing much. <laughs> from yeah, from what I understand, I'm not and I'm not sure that I'll I'll even see this one. So I, I I suppose I will if if there's nothing else on and and I happen to have it, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Definitely not seeing it in the theaters, but yeah, I'm not going. To, I'm not not going out of my way to watch it. No, I wouldn't either. But that's all I got. Some low ball time traveling. Sorry. Well, at least you didn't time travel this time, so I'm I'm well. Happy. You guys got tired of uh, me spoiling everything so i quit doing it well before we get to the pod crawl this week um, do you have any news i've got some news uh the live action akira has its director and taika watiti is his name so you may know taika watiti from such films as thor ragnarok and um uh avengers endgame uh, he also produced uh, that vampire show that's, oh, what is it called? Oh, yeah, What We Do in the Shadows. So they made a movie, actually, that that released in New Zealand called What We Do in the Shadows. And then they produced that into a, a TV series that, uh, what channel? Oh, FX. So they actually produce a, a series, a comedy series on FX for, for that uh it's a show based on the movie that they did in New Zealand. It's actually supposed to be pretty funny. I haven't watched it yet, but it is on my list of things to do. So he's going to be doing the live action uh, Akira. He's going to be doing it not so much as a um, take or a remake of the anime Akira, but more of an adaptation for all six volumes of the manga. So 
Actually sounds pretty good. They've got a tentative uh, release date of May 21st of 2021. So that's only, that's less than two years away. I don't know how excited I am for this. Um, I, I Some of the manga and um, anime live action stuff that I've seen is okay. I, like I didn't mind Full Metal Alchemist. I thought that was done fairly well. But Death Note, I wasn't a big fan of Death Note. The live action, or yeah, the live action. I loved the I loved the anime. I thought Death Note the the anime was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, one I of did the best too. animes ever. Yeah, I actually watched that with my youngest son, and I was pleasantly surprised that it was as good as it was. I haven't seen the live action Death Note though, so um, uh, it's got um, what's his name? How can I forget his name? He was in Boondock Saints. Yeah. There was a firefight. What is his name? Come on. I'm trying to remember. He was in Spider-Man. He was Osborne in Spider-Man. <laughs> yep, he was. I can't remember his name right now. I'm sorry. Come on. You can do it. No, I'm done playing the stupid game. What was his name? <laughs> Obviously, the two of you remember his Research name. on the fly, James. <laughs> yeah. No, let's... I'm not researching nothing. Nope. You're not going to research that? I don't care. Everybody knows who I'm talking about, so it'll come to me in a minute. Willem Dafoe. I don't know who you're talking else. about at all, James. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't need that. I, I don't need this research on the fly. My brain researches on the fly for me. It's in there. I can just imagine this little man in your brain opening up <laughs> file cabinets, looking for that one file. Where's it at? Where did I put it? <laughs> Where's it at? He's throwing shit. Where did it go? <laughs> Damn it. I don't see this somewhere. So, yeah, I heard that Willem Dafoe was... Uh, in the live action, actually, he played the uh, he played the demon, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought it was it was okay. I just wasn't I wasn't blown away by it. Uh, and, and as good as the anime was, I felt like uh, a live action was superfluous. Uh, whereas with Full Metal Alchemist, I really liked that one, and I know there's like a there's a couple of different anime versions with. I dug the live action version a lot. I think they could probably do this fairly well. I mean, there's not just a, if they get the cyberpunk aesthetic, right. That's really all they, all they need to nail. Everything else is pretty much straightforward storytelling. Uh, they've, they've definitely got the, uh, the ability to do whatever special effects they need to at this point in time. Uh, yeah, I think they, as long as they nail the story and, and get that, that, that feel down for Neo Tokyo, I think they could probably do a pretty good job with this. We'll see. I'm just not, I'm not, uh, as excited about it as I think you are. Well, before we move on to the pod crawl, I've got a special, uh, message from someone for Rob. You guys ready? Oh shit. Yes. Hi Rob, I hear you are a big fan. Jason wanted me to give you very special message. Will nice. I didn't read for this episode, my services might be utilized on future episode. Kisses and hugs, Robbie. <laughs> so I searched nice. far and wide for, oh my God. Uh, for, for your Russian voice actors. I don't know if you can use her though. She's hard to understand. She's got a fairly thick accent, but yeah, very thick. <laughs> Is it uh, like I like my women? <laughs> she sounds hot. <laughs> yeah. 
Can we get her and the and the and the British chick together? Ooh. Oh, y'all ready for the pod crawl? <laughs> Is it in Russian? No. Is Damn. it in Russian and 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 Britishian? I don't. Britishian. That's not even a word. Yeah. Let's do this. We can call it. I don't know. Say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Inserted deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Humanity has overpopulated the Earth and screwed up the ecosystem. Hey, I thought this was science fiction. Forced to relocate to survive, they find a star with a ton of planets around it and start the long terraforming process to begin their inevitable decline. A young river sits in a class outdoors, bored, while the teacher lectures them. (laughs) When asked why people resist authority, River gives a compelling answer and is stabbed in the face for it. Turns out it was all a dream and a very fascist-looking Simon is monitoring her process holding a riding crop ordered from Hellraiser's personal collection. (laughs) Using a nifty sonic wave-inducing widget he rescues River from her nightmare. But this is an Inception-style dream within a recording and B-list Bond villain, and man who has no name so death can't find him, who is only known as the operative, walks through probably the coolest home theater system ever. Dr. Dipshit tries to explain it was all out of his control but commits involuntary Hari carry in the end. Back on the Serenity, Wash is taking him in for a landing as pieces fly off the ship and Mal lights up the fastened seatbelt signs and preps for their next heist. Simon isn't happy that Mal is taking River and Mal isn't happy Simon is talking. The Serenity Trinity plus River take the new mule into town and head to the shop where the local law keeps its payroll. Barging in, they command everyone to inspect their navels and Zoe rattles off a not quite according to Hoyle definition of a hero. While looting the vault, a large group of Reavers hits town for Sunday brunch causing Mal to hasten their retreat. While being chased by some Reavers who like to play with their food, Mal misses his opportunity to solve the Jane problem and Zoe crashes them into the Serenity while trying to pull off a Knight Rider move. Simon decks Mal for putting River in danger and decides they need to leave. Simon and River disembark on Beaumont while Mal and Jane head to the Maidenhead bar to get paid for their latest heist. While speaking with the Double Mint twins, River wanders in and watches an octopus burst out from some boobs and goes on a violent rampage, which to be honest, would make anyone do the same thing. After kicking everyone's ass in the bar, including Jane's, Simon whispers her to sleep and Mal carries her back to the Serenity and locks her up. The Serenity heads to Haven so Mal can say hi to Book and remind everyone that he's a man with no faith. While trying to piece together the clues, they call hacker trope Mr. Universe who tells them it was all a subliminal message designed to find River. Soon after, Inara calls Mal for help and signals that it's a trap, so Mal jumps headfirst. He meets with Smooth Operator who then hands him his ass before getting a flashbang to the face. Mal and Inara run off and the Serenity heads back to Haven where they find it destroyed by the Alliance and Book's backstory destroyed by a graphic novel. Mal decides to investigate Haven and orders the crew to pimp his ride like a reaver to get through the blockade. Once on Miranda, instead of finding a supposedly dead planet, it's very much alive but all of its inhabitants are very much dead. They find a curious research and rescue ship and a recording from a researcher who explains with her last log entry that they ran an experiment with a drug that pacified the people to the point of apathy and they all just stopped doing anything. Except for a small fraction of the populace who wouldn't stop murdering and raping and cannibalizing. Mal and crew take the recording back to Planet Universe with a metric shit-ton of Reavers following them like rabid Beatles fans. This surprises Mr. No Name since he set up an ambush after killing Mr. Universe. The Serenity makes its way down to the planet through the chaos of the Reaver vs. Alliance battle but gets hit on the way in and crashes. 
Wash is enjoying his fine crash landing, but his victory lap is short-lived as he takes an enormous toothpick to the chest. The crew disembark and head into the entry chamber where everyone but Mal prep to make their last stand. Mal heads to the broadcast terminal but finds it destroyed. However, Mr. Universe left a message for him with his fembot wife telling Mal to use the backup terminal. OP, hot on Mal's trail, catches up to him and shoots him in the back prompting a face-off. A battle ensues with Mal holding his own against the assassin until the operator uses his secret Vulcan nerve punch on Mal. But Mal has a secret and uses it in OP's overconfidence against him. With OP subdued, Mal broadcasts the signal to the verse and heads back to his crew. When he arrives, he finds them hurt but alive, and River surrounded by dead Reavers and live Alliance soldiers. OP orders his men to stand down, the Serenity is repaired in a rousing montage of metaphorical healing, and roll Mal and River piloting the Serenity back into the Black Credits. Yay! So, I had forgotten exactly how good this movie actually was. This movie... You thought it was good? Did you not? Oh, no, I did. I just okay. thought well, it was weird that you thought it was gonna, good. Because I was going to invite you to leave if you oh, did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. I thought it was good. No. So this movie is what I wanted the rest of the series to be. And I think if Firefly had been produced today with the type of, of serials that we get, the type of eight to ten shows per season serials that we get now... I think it could have been. Oh, it would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I, Yes. There's nothing else. I, it's just, yes. Absolutely, yes. James didn't like it because it didn't have saffron in it. Oh. No, it's not. that I like this. There. Okay, but it starts off, and I understand why they did it, but it starts off diverting from the show. Well, yeah. How so? So- Okay, so it starts off with, like you said, uh, Simon with a riding crop from Hellraiser as an officer, and they explain to him what they did to River, where in the television show, he had no fucking clue. Right. He, I, they had to bust into a facility so he could find out what they did. Well. And that's not that's not how it went. So this was yeah. used as a way to tell the audience who hadn't watched Firefly, the show who was watching this movie, what had happened to River, you know, previously. Yeah, I had that, that marked. For. I had that down as a continuity issue right off the bat. I was like, he was told, but then in the show, he doesn't find out until later. Well, so. kind of. So yeah. I, I agree with you guys. I, I do. But in the show, he doesn't explicitly say that he doesn't know anything about what they did to River. He just didn't know to the extent to which they damaged her brain. He knew that they went in and fucked with her brain. That's why he wanted to get that MRI done uh, during Ariel. He just didn't. Yeah. He didn't know, you know, what they did in, inside her brain pan. He knew that they had done experiments on her from the the brief time that he had talked with the program doctor, and the program doctor, you know, gave him basically the general overlay of what the program was about. Which he kind of, he kind of acted like he didn't know during the series. I don't know if that was an act for Mal's benefit or if he really didn't, and they just kind of retconned that in the movie. You could go either way with your headcanon on that. But as far as the 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 
damage that they did with River uh, during the experimentation, you can still say that 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 continuity fits with the movie versus the TV series because of what they did in Ariel. You don't seem convinced. Is it the lack of talking? (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't. It can go either way, I guess. I don't know. This is this is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Every time I watch it, it makes me sad that there weren't more. Um, it makes me sad that Wash got run through with a giant toothpick. Yeah, way to spoil it. Jeez, <laughs> he, he said it in the pod crawl. Do you not listen to the pod crawl? He doesn't. Yes, I, I do. I, I do. He doesn't listen I to was, anything we say or do. Or mm-mm. I'm right? just in my own little world. I, I guess he just says random uh, things at random times. Right. I swallowed so, a bug. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest. She's so calm through that whole beginning sequence yeah. where the reavers are after him. I mean, so they really hone in on her being a reader, being a psychic, um, where it was taking a while to develop that on the television show. Right. So this is like right off the bat. She's a psychic. They've done things to fuck with her mind. She can now read other people's mind. Like she's pointing to the guy who's going to, you know, pull a gun out. And, you know, uh, uh, Zoe looks at her like that one. And she's like, yeah, that one. Like she seems a little bit more there. Yeah. Than what I, she seemed in the television show. If you had been watching the television television show and then you went straight into this, I, I think I, I think it's a little jarring how they have changed um well, it's, some of the characters it's eight as months far later. as like, so, yeah they did they did say that in the movie no, it was eight uh, months after they had picked him up yeah it's, okay. it's, it's six months after out of um out of space or out of gas out of gas so the yes. the or no objects in space sorry objects in space objects in space the, the last episode it's six months after that it's like around eight months almost a year uh, since they've been on board, uh, they said specifically we picked you up nine months ago. Yeah, so eight, well, yeah, or eight months ago, or whatever so, it was. But did anybody else find it odd that maybe uh, the no name guy did he strike you uh, a lot like the I don't remember his name Earl? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. he did it first, and <laughs> I was I remembered him. So it's been a while since I've watched this movie. Um, And I remembered him from this movie and I actually got him conflated with the, uh, the bounty hunter from objects in space because I hadn't seen the episode with the bounty hunter. But whenever I was watching that episode, I kind of questioned myself because he reminded me a lot like the antagonist in, in the movie. And so I was like, surely, I mean, this isn't the same guy. This can't be the same guy. And it's not. But he he certainly acts like the same guy towards the beginning of the movie. He does have more depth to him, and you see that towards later in the film, and then at the very end, he actually um, he 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 they they flesh him out at the very end of the film a lot more than they ever fleshed out the bounty hunter, um, right? And so it's a it's a better character. I was worried in the beginning whenever I first saw him and uh, his interactions with people at the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, my God, 
Joss has done it again. He's he's built this simplistic kind of one-dimensional villain that that you know thinks he, what he's doing is for the the greater good and has no more depth than that. But this guy actually did. So, well, I mean, it was already a uh, win when he wasn't asking whether a room was still a room when nobody was in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, he he didn't go into <laughs> this existential he, kind of philosophy and uh, but he did like to monologue he did like to monologue i mean he he was yeah but it wasn't it yeah but it wasn't shallow right where earl's was very shallow which i like i liked earl i like i feel like joss went this is a good character i need to make this good character a great character how do i do that yeah and he may have modeled um the operative after earl but he he did a he did a much better job writing the operative than he did or whoever whoever wrote that episode did with Earl. Well, again, I think he wanted he was hoping to get picked up elsewhere. Right? So, you know, when he wrote the the first however many episodes of of Firefly, he thought he would have time to flesh this character out. Where with the OP, he knows he's got a movie. Ah, uh, movie two hours. to flesh this out exactly. Right. So I mean, I can see that. I can see why he did that and how it makes more sense. I love the fact that they have a a budget, and so more money means better effects. Well, not only the better effects and the better sets, um, although that was a huge part of it. The Serenity looks fabulous in this movie, and they actually had to rebuild the set because they had torn down the original TV set after the, the TV series had wrapped and nobody even had the plans for the original Serenity, but Joss to the rescue, he took pictures of all of the production design stuff and they, they worked off of blueprints from pictures that he took on the original series. I really wow. liked in this one that uh, you you got to follow Mal around at the beginning and kind of see how uh, maze-like that ship was. Yeah, yeah. That, well, you know, I think I mean, that they, was, again, that was done for the benefit of the audience who may not have been Firefly fans. Right. Yeah, but so I mean, it, even... And it was also fan service for Firefly exactly. fans. Exactly. Like, oh, look, it's all... You know, it's all there. Exactly. Even for even for fans who had watched the series, you never you never really got a a sense of how the Serenity was all laid out all at once. So that that long opening cut where he basically walks through the entirety of the ship really gave you a sense of I mean, the the, the Serenity doesn't look all of that all that large on the inside until you start walking through it. It's actually a, a fairly decently sized ship. I like how they, uh, I like how they, you know, started everybody out just like normal coming in on atmosphere. Serenity's falling apart. Uh, they're, yeah. they're on their way to another big heist. That's hopefully going to keep them from having to do any other heist. They're, they're still chasing that last big heist. So, um, and this one, this one gets them almost killed by Reavers. We haven't seen the, we hadn't seen the Reavers since the beginning of the TV series. We hadn't seen a Reaver ever 
in the TV well, series. We, we saw a guy seen one, right? Yeah, yeah. Saw a guy no. go crazy, but hadn't seen. It's hard to on a TV series, especially a network television series, even Fox uh, at the time. It was it was hard to put, um, you know, to show that level of gratuitous violence that a Reaver does. You know, raping and raping and raping and raping until you die from it. And then raping you while they eat you. So it's a little hard to, to, to show that on network TV. And even uh, for a 2005 movie, it was kind of dumbed down. It certainly wasn't overly gratuitous. Right. It wasn't overly bloody. Um, you know, they wanted to keep, what was this rated PG? PG-13? Probably, uh, I think it was PG-13. Yeah, they they certainly wanted to keep that. Um, I, I I feel like the movie overall, in, in that regard, and 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 with you know, it was pretty true to the television show, which is probably why everybody loves this movie so much. If you like the television show, you're gonna love this movie. But it didn't do that well, right? It was a budget of forty million, and I think it budget of thirty eight million. It made forty. Right. So it just made back what it. What it cost. Yeah, and that's not including but, marketing. So it, it actually lost money. Once you once you figure in marketing, it's yeah. Sorry, budget of thirty nine million, it made thirty eight point nine to forty point three at the box. Forty point yep. Yeah. So I you know, it, it still didn't do that well. No, and it was it was expected that it was going to do better. It was expected that it was going to release at number one in the box office. It released at number two. Now, it did stay in the top 10 for several weeks, but then dropped down. It just just didn't do that well. It was it was a very niche movie. Uh, originally, they wanted $100 million for this budget for the movie. Um, Universal wouldn't sign off on $100 million, So That's Smart. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so Joss said, no, I can do it for about 40 He came in under 40 at 39 And yeah, it just made its production budget back lost money on the on the marketing so yeah but here's the thing all of this i mean i hate to to keep beating this dead horse but i'm going to this is all fox's fault this is what this this show is so good from uh from beginning to end if watched in the correct order if taken for what it is and not marketed as a, a comedy it is brilliant it is brilliantly done it has some it has some misses for sure but it has a lot of hits and this movie is the cherry on top of this shit Sunday that Joss Whedon got handed. Cause this is not Joss's fault. No, it's not. And in fact, he was, he wanted to make sequels. That's why wash and book died in this movie is because he wanted to make sequels. Universal said, Everybody that wants to be in sequels, we need to have contractually bound to show up in sequels when we're ready to make the sequel. Alan Tudyk and Ron Glass wouldn't sign that contract, and so he had to write them out of the show, uh, and so he killed off their characters. He originally had had intended for everybody to live. I don't know if this movie would be as good as it is if everyone had lived. Because it I, adds some heft, it had some, it adds some weight to this movie, uh, and yeah. to the characters and how they react to those deaths. So, when Zoe, when when Wash dies, 
you know, at first she's the inconsolable wife, right? Like, come on, let's go. Let's go. You got to get up. You got to get yep, up you for a get up. hot second. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's click and she goes right into military mode and she goes full Terminator. Well, she goes, like, she goes full. I'm, I'm going to die. I am, I'm here yeah, to die and care. take as many yeah. people out as I can with me. That's yep. the and, reason and, why she pushed forward when she was. Told yeah, not Jane's to. like, you got to hold the line, hold the line, hold the line. Like Jane, the guy who, you know, he would usually be the one up Shit, there doing that. He'd be up there trying to the, get ears. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> no, care. He wants not with ears. Reavers. Yeah, he needs the Reaver. He needs the sash of Reaver ears. Uh, he's yelling at her to get behind the line, get behind the line, get behind the line. And she just won't do it. And she pays the price. Like she, she gets slashed in the back uh, with a with a some sort of weapon, right? Some sort of yeah, reaver sword, sort of which is basically just thing. kind yeah. of rebar that they scraped up against the hull. Right. So I mean, then they've got to fall back. I mean, th- that whole sequence, man. Like I was so in shock the first time I watched. It, I'm like, Wash is dead. Like I was numb. Oh, I know. You, you had said before. You had said before at the beginning uh, when we started this two months ago. You said Wash is the audience. Right. He tells you everything that you need to know. And he did that throughout this movie as well. Yep. And <laughs> like, so when you're watching that, I noticed this when you're watching the, 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 the hologram of basically how the Reavers were created. Right. And it's from this, this PAX uh, thing they put in the air. Right. Yep. So you're watching that. He's behind, he's behind in the shot. He's behind the hologram. Yeah. He's you. Because you're looking through the hologram and you can see Wash there and he's looking through the hologram at the camera. I mean, so it's this, it was a really well done shot. Well, not only I mean, that, so he's, but when he takes that spike, it shows yeah. it from his point of view. So you as the yep. audience are looking at that from his point of view. You even get that flash of blue from the corner of, of the screen, like the corner of your yep. eyesight. When you, I don't know if you've ever been punched in the chest really hard or punched really hard, but yeah, you get that kind of flash in the corners of your your vision, the edge of your vision. Yep. I mean, it was exactly like that when that spike came through the windshield and hit him in the chest. So, and it was so unexpected because he's he's yeah. I mean, it, it's wash it being wash right, and he's he's I'm flying a leaf through this on the wind. Massive battle. I'm a leaf on the wind. Yeah, yeah. I'm a leaf on the wind. And they land, it's this, I mean, it's literally a brick in space is all Serenity is, right? That's all this Firefly class is. And they come down like a ton of bricks and he makes a joke. And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a leaf on the wind. And he doesn't even get wind all the way out. And he gets rammed through the chest and you're like, you're getting ready to laugh, right? And then he's dead. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, it was instant. He was just done. Yeah, I, he wasn't going to win an Oscar for that death scene because it wasn't really a scene. It was a death instant. Well, if you took a giant toothpick to the chest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try if, if I could, I'd try to ham it up a little bit. I want an Oscar. <laughs> <ham it. laughs> go full full Shakespearean on you? Yes. Yes, I would go full Shakespearean death. I don't even know what that looks like, but I would do a, it. A three-minute monologue <laughs> as you're dying? Yes. I also, the other thing I noticed, and I'm sorry, I'm a guy, is that Kaylee looked a lot better 
in the movie than she did in the series, and I don't know why. I don't know uh, how. She got older. Yeah, she's a little yeah. older. A I think the better. I think the style, the the way they styled her hair and her her costuming uh, was a little yeah. different. Um, she looked more mature. Yeah. The the makeup styling in this movie was different than the than the television show. Um, so Inara had much less makeup on this show than she did on the on the television show or in the film versus the television show. And it, and it, and it but you could tell. In contrast, Mal Mal had more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He looked a lot tanner. Right. <laughs> he did. He absolutely did. And what is it with Mal and cross-dressing, just out of curiosity? Why is he always cross-dressing? Well, okay, you know? All he had was a shawl on. It wasn't, Mal it wasn't likes to look pretty sometimes, up. okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, the back and forth between the OP and Mal was brilliant. Like, it was always good. It was good during the fight scene. It was good when they first met. It was, I love it. It was good at the the, the last scene with the OP in it. I yeah. thought it was great. And it really brings forward how clever Mal really is because he anticipated everything that the OP uh, put forth. He was like, you know, as soon as you came into the atmosphere, we locked onto your ship onto your pulse beacon and Mal threw him his pulse beacon and said, fire away. Shoot away. Yeah. Go ahead and fire. Let's have some fun. And then whenever they left, they threw out all of those fake nav beacons to throw them off the scent because they knew yeah. that they were going to try and track them like that. And so you, you just see the resignation in the OP's face when he hears that that first time and he was about to take a sip of tea. Oh, you already found them. Great. Well, oh, what they're gone? There, there's seven of them that you have to track. Okay, so he he realized that he'd been outsmarted, and that yeah. happened again when he was chasing them um, from Haven after they left Haven the second time and and headed towards Miranda, and they went through Reaver space and they just disappeared. He was like, "Define disappeared." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had them. We know. I mean. We're in the area that they're at. They, they've got to be around here somewhere, and yet we can't find them. It's because they weren't looking where they thought they might go. Yeah, yeah the, the but, only issue I saw, uh, you know, he he's clever. Mal's clever, but uh, not clever enough to know that, uh, that the operative's going to go to uh, scorched earth tactics. That's true. He them. did miss that. Yeah. Um, you know, so he didn't, he couldn't anticipate everything. Well, it's because Mal didn't understand the depth of the devotion to the his mission. Go, how far the guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that OP had. The OP has absolutely no conscience whatsoever. Yeah. He will and, do anything and, and everything to serve his mission. And that includes killing women, children. He, he's got a scorched earth policy if that brings him uh, closer to, to, finishing his mission yeah anara got it anara knew anara understood and trying to explain she's like you don't understand right like you you don't understand she understood mal didn't uh but you need guys like that in war like you just do and make no mistake this was a war because the, like he said at the end the guys in parliament may have lost some power but they didn't lose all the power and so it's a battle with them to to wrestle that power away which is what i'm guessing you know, whatever sequels that were going to happen that we never got, we're going to be about. Um, so, but you need guys like that in that war that will have no problem doing that. And he understood his place 
because he said, when this is done, there's no place for me in that world that I'm trying to create. There's no place in that perfect world for me or you, Mal. So he, he knew what he was. He knew, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll kill women and children. You won't. I will. Yeah. Because it, it, it makes the world perfect. So. I love the line where he was telling Mal, look, let, let me just stop you from wasting your time. You can't anger me. You can't make me mad. And Anar says, spend an hour with him. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he yeah, did. That was awesome. He did. You could tell that he finally got under his skin towards the end, their final confrontation. Well, he, asked he asked him at the end during that confrontation, you mad yet? Yeah. 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 And that dude, you could tell his, his eyes like twitch. Just, oh, yeah, I'm ready to just beat the shit out of you. But I think that's when Mal earned his respect. Was at that moment, like all this stuff that he had done up to this point was very, I, I'm going to use the analogy again, very Kirk-esque, very lucky. He, it's not that he's that, that Mal's that good. Like he got lucky a lot of the time, especially against this guy. Cause this guy highly trained, highly effective. Oh, he would have been, know. he would have been gone in the first <clears throat> confrontation if it wasn't for the flashbang incense yeah that's right so but now now keep in mind it's it, it was the incense not anara's kung fu fighting skills <laughs> right because oh, they didn't terrible get, they didn't get any better after no, she they left did not. we've got a 40 million dollar budget we've blown all of it we frank, need somebody to teach they, anara they brought <laughs> frank yeah. in get frank. for the uh hey all right, Twitch, we're back. Let's do this, okay? So what you're going to do is you're just going to get your ass kicked for a minute, okay? That's all you got to do. You just got to fall down. All right, no one's really going to hit you, but you got you to make it look good. All right, Twitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking Frank, man. That's, that's what happens when Josh, uh, Josh uh, hires his friends. Right. No, I no, mean, you just, no, you just, you got to move a little more to it. Just move a little more. You know, fuck it. I got to go have a sandwich and a smoke. I'll be back. You figure it out, all right? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> now, I, I I don't know that I totally agree that Mal got lucky. I I didn't see as much luck in this movie as I did in the TV series. I think Mal, I mean, Mal can hold his own face to face with him. I don't think he's as good a fighter, but he's pretty close. And and you can yeah. see that, uh, especially towards the end and that that final fight scene. Um. Of course, but, do you know what your sin is? Yeah, yeah I'm kind of partial. <laughs> like all seven. I like all seven yeah, and he's like, I, uh, I think. But right I'm now, I think it's wrath, wrath. Right now, yeah, yeah. But um, so the OP may have been a little uh, beaten down already whenever he faced Mal in that that final confrontation because. In the search for books backstory, I actually read that fucking graphic novel that they made yes. for books backstory. Yes. I hate that thing. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't know. I mean, I understand um, who was it, Nathan Whedon, that wrote that, which I think is Joss's cousin or brother or something. Some second some, cousin once removed on his mother's side. Who knows? Uh, fun fun yeah. fact: Nathan was almost the stunt coordinator. Really? Not Frank? Yeah. No. <laughs> he went with Frank instead. <laughs> it should have been Nathan, probably. Stunt coordinator should, Frank. Frank should have written that graphic novel is what Frank should have done. All right. So here's what's going to happen. Let's storyboard this bullshit right now. Listen here, Toots. Over here. <laughs> Listen here, Toots. 
<laughs> so no, I, I did not enjoy that graphic novel. But one of the things that they did say in the graphic novel was that those escape pods that the OP came out of were basically death traps. I mean, you were you were lucky if you made it down to the ground alive. And Book was fucked up whenever they launched him out of one. Um, so I can imagine the OP was was a little rattled uh, after he got launched out of one. So that may have that may have been to Mal's advantage. Of course, he shot Mal in the back, kind of even the odds too. So yeah, yeah. I, so here's the thing about so I, I was really upset that we didn't get a backstory backstory on Shep, right? Um, but here here's the thing. He brought this full circle for me with something he said to Mal. Right. So they're there at the fire that night, you know, before before they take off, and, and he's talking to Mal about faith, and he's like, "I've got no time for God. I'm not waiting for God. That's a that's a train that never comes, or something like that." And he looks at him and he goes, why is it every time I talk about faith, no, he, you belief. assume, belief. or belief, yeah, you assume that I'm talking about God. And it, it, that, that brought it full circle for me because it is, this, this is Mal losing his, like, this is the story of him absolutely losing his faith. When he goes full Reaver and he's like, just strap everybody to the, to the, to the ship, we're going to paint it. If you don't like it, then leave. If you don't leave and you say something, I swear to Christ, I'm going to shoot all of you. He's like, get it done. Like when he does that, that is him at his lowest point. He has had it. He has been beaten down. He has been broken. His friends are dead. He's getting chased by, by this guy who has no problem doing, being dirty, playing dirty. Really? Because I saw it absolutely the other way. I saw that as his faith redemption. Really? Because I did not. Because I, when he was holding Book right before Book died, the thing that Book said is, whatever you believe in, believe it. He didn't care what Mal wa wanted to believe in. He just wanted Mal to believe in something because he saw that Mal had no faith and that it was affecting the way that he was living. It was affecting Mal. Mal was just basically drifting along and not doing anything. And I think when Book died, that pushed Mal to the point where he found something to fight for. He he was fighting okay. against the alliance. He was fighting okay, but that for, was the whole point but that was the that was the whole point, right? Is cuz isn't that when Anara was like, you know, you're are you fighting a war? No, this was before. This was before that, right? Yeah. They had that big blow up yeah. where you're not fighting a war, and he's like, "If if I am fighting a war, you're gonna see. I am gonna surprise you. You're gonna see something you've never seen." Yeah, that was before they went it. to Haven the second time when when right. she said and that. This was it. But this was it. This was the, this he's the back point. in the war. This is the, yeah, this, this is, is the, the point, point where, where he's he turns. like, "I'm showing you something different." Yeah, I'm showing you a dark side of me. I don't think it's because he had faith. I don't think that a man who has faith could do that. This is a desperate man. This no, is a man I, who's grasping at straws. I I, I don't I think, I, it, I think it's a guy that has that has a, a mission now. I, I mean, don't he think he knows man, what he's gonna do. Yeah, I don't think a man who doesn't have faith would have gone to the links that he went to to see this out. He was determined to find out what was on Miranda and bring that out into the open. I don't think if he had if he had, had no faith, I think he would have run and, and tried to hide and let everything blow over. 
Well, and I and I also think this this calls back to one of the other uh, TV episodes, in that you know he said, you know, uh, you mess with me and mine, I'm going to come after you, you know. And Book was still part of his crew. I mean, he still considered him a friend and part of his crew, more so than any of the other people that he had run into. So you you know you you mess with Book, I'm coming after you, and I, and I think that's what flipped it and then he's on a uh, almost a singular one one direction mission you know uh, go to Miranda figure out what it is screw the alliance as much as possible yeah but it's at what cost and I think that's where I I, I kind of diverge from you guys is he's willing to to do everything on a you know on a basically a, on a hunch this is a suicide mission this, that's what this is. This is a, They're going through Reaver's space with something that nobody does. The Alliance doesn't do it. Nobody does it because of how dangerous it is. Right. On, on, to a planet that they've all been told is off limits because it, it not well, only it, does it, it, it exist, yeah. but it's, it's off limits because it's dangerous. Right. So they, they, it's a suicide mission. That's all he knows so and he doesn't dangerous. care. When you go back to to Serenity, so was Serenity. The the Battle of Serenity Serenity Valley, that was a suicide mission. That was, they said they were going to get slaughtered, and they didn't. They held their ground. And he got a commendation for it, apparently. Yeah, but uh, if if you think about it, that's where he lost his face. They, they didn't know it was a suicide mission when they went in. It just turned he out. He knows this is. Yeah, he knows that this is. So why would he go a on a suicide mission if he didn't have... If he has faith. Right. Why would he go on... That's what I'm saying. If he has faith, he wouldn't go on a suicide mission. No, there I think if he way. doesn't have faith, he wouldn't go on a suicide mission. All right. I, I, I agree to disagree, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a very poignant thing that sh- that, that book said to him, right? It was, it was very... It was on the nose. And he certainly took that to heart. I just feel like he had had enough. He was at his lowest point, and he's like, we're doing something that I've never done before because I'm so angry. I'm angry at everything. I mean, he was getting taunted. I mean, the guy, uh, the OP gave him the idea. Oh, yeah, to, like, to go through Reaver space, yeah. Right. He's like, you're not a Reaver. And then he turns it off, and he's like, yeah. But yeah, if I uh, act I'm like gonna, I'm a Reaver, then I can get through their but space. But I'm going to be. Yeah. Right, but I'm going to be. And, I mean, he... Like, this was a side of Mal that we'd never seen. Like, we'd seen him tell the crew he's in charge. And it was like, it, it was always, ha ha, yeah, Mal's in charge. Like, we got that. We got it more with Jane, I think, than anybody else because he was, he he wanted to be in charge. Right. And even, he, yeah, yeah. Yes, he was like, do you want to run charge? this ship? <laughs> it's like, yes, I do. Well, well I'll get us some beers. You can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. He's like, uh, so it was always a big joke, right? Like, nobody ever really called him on it. And now he's leading them into certain doom because he's angry because he's fighting this personal war. And, and a man who has faith doesn't lead people into that. I don't think it was a personal war for him at that point. Oh, I do. Not a, a the, the OP crusade. pissed him off. Yeah. The OP pissed him off. Uh, he was angry. He killed his friends. Everybody they know. Everybody. Oh, they're I, all dead. I have no doubt he was angry, but I think he was fighting for everybody against the Alliance. I think he had put I the war maybe. against the Alliance behind him. In fact, he had said that, you know, that's why we lost the war was because we didn't leave men behind. And so I think he had 
pushed it back as you know part of his loss of faith he had he had pushed the war behind him and i think after that 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 last kind of dying breath of book telling him to believe in something you know whatever it is that you want to believe in just believe it and and i think that gave him purpose and i think that brought him back to i'm going to finish this shit with the alliance i'm i'm done running from them i'm done hiding from them i've done it for too long and uh, it, but he's it's still got to hide it. from him. That's how the the movie ends. Is that he's still got to hide from him? The OP's like they they're still going to chase you. And he's like, yeah, well, but they're going to they chase you too. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cause trouble with you. You know. So I mean, he's still. I didn't really understand that ending. I think they were probably like, setting it up for sequels. They had, they had anticipated sequels. They probably wanted to make a trilogy out of this, from what I understand. And yeah, it was just the the production at the box box office didn't happen. Mm. That's sad. That is one of the greatest movies, like one of my most favorite movies. I don't want to say it's one of the greatest movies. There are certainly greater movies out there, but this is one of my most favorite it, movies yeah. of all time. It, it, this is this is a much better movie than I remember it being. And yeah, I've, I've watched it twice this week. So definitely worth the watch. If you haven't definitely worth the watch. If you haven't. So did you guys notice the, uh, the, the call back to, uh, out of gas, they had the same scene in out of gas, uh, from out of gas, uh, when Mal falls down from a gut wound. Did you guys happen to catch that? No, mm, no, Oh, well, shoot. When when he gets uh yeah. No, when he gets uh, stabbed by uh the operative, you know, and they're um his 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 crew is in the hold up, you know, and they're like is Mal going to do it? And they're like, "Well, uh I hope so." And then it cuts to him and he falls face first onto the deck, just like he did at the beginning of Out of Gas, you know, with with that opening for Out of Gas. I it, Reminded me straight of that. Yeah, I, I remember the scene now. I didn't. I didn't yeah. catch it at the time, but yeah, it's oh. very similar. Yeah, it's very. I mean, I, I was like, "Wow, that's that's out of gas." Of course, I probably wouldn't have remembered. I didn't remember that back in the day because too far apart. But yeah. Oh well. Um. So I, there was an inconsistency whenever they pulled up Mal's service record. Um. Mm -hmm. It showed him as being a captain. Uh, during right. the Alliance Wars, and he was a sergeant. So that kind of stood out like a sore thumb to me. Um, and if, like, he had a surrender, right? They told him at the uh, Battle of uh, Serenity Valley to surrender. Like, we're not yeah. coming. Go ahead and surrender. Right. Um, how did he get a commendation if he surrendered? <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Like, typically, when you surrender and now you're, you're, you're a, a POW, um, and then the losing side is no longer around. How do you get a commendation when the losing side's no longer around? They didn't get released until after the war. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they okay, do things differently asking. in this galaxy or in this solar yeah, system. Right. Space is funny like that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that fucking commercial. Have you guys watched the actual commercial? They've they've got it online. The full commercial. Oh, um, you talking about the uh, the hypnotoad, hypno uh, octopus? Yeah, the, the the octopus, <laughs> the the fruity uh, Odie bar commercial. <laughs> yes, yeah. The hypnotoad. Yeah. Did, did you happen to look? Back. Yeah, yeah. Well, did uh, you know? And uh, 
Jason, did you find out what that was inspired by? I did. Uh, Before we get to that, I want to read off the lyrics. Um, so, oh God. so the song goes, Fruity Odie bars make a man out of a mouse. Fruity Odie bars make you bust out of your blouse. And that's when the, the octopus like fills up this woman's blouse and like bursts out and you see her cleavage and this, this octopus comes out. Uh, eat them all the time. They will blow your mind. And the dude that's like on the commercial, uh, you know, spewing out Chinese, apparently the translation is, I feel so ashamed I haven't eaten fruity Odie bars. <laughs> and then they repeat fruity Odie bars twice. That commercial uh, would make me want to go into a violent rage and and start rampaging people. But it was actually inspired by the Mr. Sparkle commercial off of The Simpsons. I want a fruity Odie bar. <laughs> yes. Are they real? Can I get one? I, I don't think they're real. I really want one. Well, fruity Odie bar sounds either... Absolutely, it a little fruity, delicious, it will or fill your horribly blouse. disgusting. It will make you a man. No, it man fill your blouse. It will make a man out of a mouse. So if you're a mouse, it can make you a man. I guess if you eat it. In fact, it shows okay. a mouse turning into a, a man. He kind of rips okay. out of. I his want skin. a fruity Odie bar. I want a fruity Odie bar. I'll uh, I'll see if I can find you a. Fruity I'd rather Odie have bar. that than an ear. Uh, you know what? I'm guessing Jane would rather have one of those than an ear. No, he still wants an ear. Uh, fruity Odie bar. <laughs> you can have all the fruity Odie bars in the verse. Sweet. They're all yours. Have a Excellent. have either of you seen Ender's Game? I have. Yes. Both of you have seen it. Yes, I haven't seen it. So, is it any good? Not good. No. Orson Scott Card called Serenity the best science fiction film ever. And said, if Ender's Game can't be this kind of movie and this good of a movie, then he never wants Ender's Game made into a movie. He'd rather just watch Serenity again. Uh, yeah, that's I, I'm trying to think. So outside of Star Wars, outside of Star Trek, I'm trying to think of a science fiction movie that I like more than Serenity. And I can't think of one. Um, I mean, there's. There's a few. Like what? Uh, 12 Monkeys I like probably better than this movie. Um, well, okay. You would. Yeah, I guess you can call that sci-fi. Yeah, that's sci-fi. Yeah. All right. Fine. Well, for the sake of Orson Scott Card, um, it's a good thing Ender's Game made money at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> Which means it was better. That's than, only because it, no, that's not what it means. It was okay. I mean, it, but it wasn't better than Serenity by any stretch uh, of the imagination. Hey, it didn't lose money. Thank you very much. Yeah, but again, this is Fox's fault. Fuck. Fox. That's true. So that's true. No. All right. Any final thoughts before we head to awards? Um, you know, I do have one. I have two final thoughts uh, that I, you know. I like the end. Um, uh, I like the end in general. You know, you had the, they kind of had that, uh, that memorial service. Uh, you know, you had Zoe looking like an ebony godness, goddess. Godness. 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 Uh, a mocha queen, maybe. Maybe even a Nubian princess. Oh, my God. What have we said? 
<laughs> but besides that, uh, the only thing that I had an issue with uh, was that they didn't use porn stash wash. Yeah, Here they should have brought Porn Stash Wash back. <laughs> you know? Maybe Porn Stash Wash will come back uh, first. You never know. But that that would be um, just heart wrenching to have them kill off Porn Stash Wash. I mean, it was bad enough uh, for them killing off regular wash, but Porn Stash Wash. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be. That able to, would have been unforgivable. Like a, cry yeah. like a baby. Cry like a baby. And I, I liked how the I, I like how they bookended this this story it starts with shit falling off of the the ship and it ends with shit falling off of the ship yeah. what know, was that was perfect perfect ending yeah uh, absolutely it was very nice um that's all i had james anything Zoe is one fine ass final woman. thoughts yes she is uh, you know uh no uh, th- th- here's my final thought on this on this entire franchise because we started at the beginning and here we are at the end it's been a hell of a journey Fox really fucked up this franchise. They fucked up the marketability of this franchise. Uh, and it's a it's a miracle that Joss uh, was able to come back. Now, I know he had great franchises with Buffy. He had great franchise with Angel. Uh, but this, I mean, this was a big hit for him. Uh, it, not uh, not like a big Hollywood hit, but a big physical hit. Like, he, this was hard. Uh, and and he was able to come back uh, and, and, and do what he did with the MCU He's a great storyteller, and if you watch these this this series in the order that it's supposed to be watched in, and you watch this movie, I'm you won't be disappointed. It's absolutely brilliantly done. We don't do it justice. We're three dipshits uh, who think we know sci-fi, uh, and, and and honestly, Joss Whedon knows sci-fi. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, I totally agree. This was an excellent series. One of the, probably the best sci-fi TV series ever made. Uh, it got cut off short, man. I wish they would just, just do a, either a continuation or a reboot now with current production values and the appetite that people have for serialized stories now. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I don't know that Joss has the, the appetite to come back to Firefly. Um, I don't know that you would be able to do it this close to when it was done. Give it another 10 years. No, absolutely. Maybe. I think you could. I think, I, I don't I know. Think if, what are you going to, you're going to have guest star. You're going to have Nathan Fillion guest star. You're going to have uh, Adam Baldwin guest star. You're going to have, uh, uh, you know, all these people guest star as other characters. I, I just don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't that, see anyone else's mouth. So I don't know. There, there's a couple different ways that you could do this, right? You could do a reboot with all new actors as the same characters. Or you could do a continuation if you could get the original actors to come back and it would just be a long time has passed. You know, so this is this is 15 years later um, from the events of Serenity. Uh, these people are just. 15 years older, maybe there's a new Firefly class ship that they're on, et cetera. I mean, you could do the same thing. Maybe the Alliance war uh, has fired back up again and uh, they're, they're now leading, I don't know, or smuggling for the Brown coats or, or whatever. I mean, there's, there's, there, there's ways that you could do it. No, I don't disagree. I just don't know if you'd get everybody to come back and do, I mean, you know, I think some of them would want to. I'm just not sure all of them would. Yeah. I think Philion, if 
if he has the time, would jump all over it. Well, I think his current TV show just got canceled, so I think he's got the time now. Uh, no, the rookie. The rookie. Uh, no, it did not. Did it not? I don't believe. I want to so. say that got I... canceled. Mm. Research on the fly. I like the castle. In May I... 2019, ABC renewed the series for a second season. Oh, okay. I, I like Castle correct. a lot. Castle was good. I liked Castle oh, yeah. as well. Beckett. Oh, Beckett. I never watched oh. Castle. Ah, see, I like this. He, really well he did a callback to Firefly in Castle. He did. He did several he callbacks to Firefly. Several yeah. callbacks. Uh, I, I believe Quark uh, from Deep Space Nine was in an episode of uh, Castle. Yeah, nobody cares. And yeah. one episode of Castle was, shut up, was directed by none other than my uh, doppelganger. Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Oh yeah, number one. I like yeah, John Frakes. Yeah, he made a guest. Yeah, he made a guest, uh, like a cameo at the beginning where um, he was uh, at a, a convention and he had uh, somebody sign something. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I like John Frakes too. He's awesome. Really good guy. All right, let's do awards. Who's got them? All over the place. All right, who's got your black lung, Rob? Um. My black lung went to uh, Haven and every other safe harbor that uh, the Firefly crew ever used. Nice. Oh, weak sauce. Weak sauce. Jane was smoking a stogie. Yeah, he at was. At the very end uh, while they were, while they were uh, lighting a rocket off at the, uh, the grave. He was smoking a stogie earlier in the movie, too. Did you miss that? I probably, I, ha- I must have missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the little one was running around. He was so. smoking a stogie outside. I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. Man, and I just can't remember. But yeah, I saw him smoking a, a stogie uh, earlier in the movie, too. So, yeah, he smoked him twice. And I knew yeah, that you were going to pick Jane as your black yeah. lung. So I picked Book because the first time that they landed on Haven when uh, Mal was talking with Book, he was smoking a pipe. Yep. And so I almost picked him, but then that stogie. And so I knew that you were going to pick Jane because of the stogie. Uh, and so I wanted to go different. And the second reason is because he was smoking a pipe and I knew that would annoy you. Yeah. I don't understand why people got to smoke pipes. Smoke a freaking stogie. <sighs> pipes. <laughs> pipes are for losers. Who's got your head lush, James? Uh, head lush goes to none other than Jane because every time you turned around, that guy was drinking out of a flask. Yep. Rob? Uh, mine was a uh, four-way tie. Uh, it went to Mal, <laughs> Mal, Jane, and the Wonder Twins at the Maidenhead. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. So my head lush goes to Jane because, yeah, like James said, every time you turn around, he was he was drinking. So he... He had his flask after he got stabbed through the calf uh, when the Reavers were chasing them at the beginning. Uh, And then he started drinking heavily just before he tried to uh, steal River to take her back to the Alliance and trade her in. And then got bashed over the head with a big can of like cream corn for for his efforts. (laughs) And uh, then when they were heading toward... um, they were, they were either heading towards Miranda or they were coming from Miranda. And he said, uh, book once said to me, if you can't do something right, uh, can't do something good, do something right. And he took a drink of sake and then passed it over yep. to Simon, shared his drink. So for all those reasons, Jane's getting my head lush. And my player award 
is going to go to Simon this episode because uh, he finally was able to actually talk to people, especially Kaylee, as a normal human being. In fact, he confessed to Kaylee that, you know, he uh, he had feelings for her. And one of his regrets was that he didn't get to get to uh, have sex with her. And that kind of motivated her to fight harder and, and survive. The hell the with this. I'm going to live. I want to live. Right. <laughs> that was awesome. James, who's got yours? Uh, so mine's going to be a little different. It's going to go to whatever battery powered device uh, <laughs> she was using. Yes. Because she says it's been a year and I've had nothing twixt my nethers that hasn't so, run on batteries. Yes. yes. I so do Kaylee, not need to hear this. I can stand yeah, here a little more. I can stand here a little more. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, I loved that. That was fantastic. One of my favorite lines from this movie. <laughs> Rob? Uh, mine went to Simon as well, but not not because he put the moves on Kaylee during a firefight or before the firefight. Uh, it is because he, uh, him and Kaylee got it on in Kaylee's favorite spot, the engine. I room. know. Engines make her hot. And he, and he had his shirt off in the process, so you know he was trying. Yeah, and River was watching, which is kind of well, weird. Yeah, that's this is just because she's creepy. Yeah. I thought after she, because I thought maybe she had come to her senses and like figured out how to control everything after she thought she's Simon still was going to die. Though. Yeah, uh, she's, she's still, still weird, weird and creepy. Yeah. Well, she's I mean, weird. I think she doesn't. I think she, she doesn't have her psychotic breaks anymore. Right. I think but, she actually came to well, her she senses. Might if she keeps watching her brother. <laughs> yeah. I think she actually came to her senses on Miranda after she vomited after they they saw the yeah, hollow yeah, yeah. tape and yeah, she like yeah. fell over. The secret and vomited. was out. Yeah, yeah, I think all of that stuff that they had pounded in her head, all of the because she, she, the way she got those secrets was. They put her in a room full of parliament people, and so she was able to read their mind and read all their secrets. Well, I'm going to go a different route. But once once she go, vomited I'm, and Simon said, are you okay? She said, I'm okay. And then she reiterated and looked straight in the eye and, and kind of had that calm effect on her on her face. Like, yeah, I'm okay now. You know, that's the first time she hasn't vomited in Simon's bed. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. No, so I'm going to go a different route. So she's a reader. She's a psychic. Uh, she, not only did she get, pull those secrets out of the, the guys in Parliament's head, like, you know, the OP referenced at the beginning of the movie, but maybe all of these voices that she's hearing are legitimately them, right? She's a psychic. She's hearing spirits. She's hearing the other world, and they're all there not saying anything. They all just want to lay down. And so they're trying to tell her the secret. And now that the secret is out and everybody knows, they go away. That may be too, because that's all they Ooh, wanted. A little, uh, a little paranormal. Yeah, yeah. There, I went huh? the paranormal route. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. All right. Well, who's got your purple hippo, James? Yeah, yeah. No, my, it's it's still River. Yeah, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> still River. Um, you know, I it yeah, it could be River, um, but I said Kaylee when she took three darts to the neck. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. out of it. So 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 we got a good we got a good example of what the Reavers do. They drug you up good and make you just not care, and then they eat you. Yep. 
All right. So uh, my purple hippo goes to River uh, for. I mean, she's basically the epitome of the purple hippo. This episode, she hears everything, experiences everything. I mean, she had probably two or three different mental breakdowns during this episode. Um, and, and, and it looked like she was finally able to get a handle on all that or, or something cleared her mind after her trip to Miranda. So she was still afraid of the Reavers, but I think Simon being in mortal danger, mortal peril of, of dying kind of snapped her it out of that. It was her turn to protect him. And I think, uh, I think her fear of the Reavers or she overcame of her fear of the Reavers at that point too. So. I think she's definitely much more of a whole person than she has been. Yep. I agree. All right. Final thoughts. Do we have to pick a number? We are. Do you have any final thoughts? Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know what? I want to see river. I want to see more of river normal ish. That's what I want to see. I want to see, I want to see old man, Mal. I want to see, I want to see River, uh, who is a complete badass and can control all of her powers now. Uh, I want to, uh, I, I just, I want more of Firefly, and it's sad that we'll never get more. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we are done with the Firefly series, and so now we are going to randomly pick our next title to talk about. Um, we'll leave it up to James this episode. Woohoo! So, James. You better pick a good one, James. You better pick a good one, just like Rob said. You need to pick a number I'll between 1 and 114. Oh. Hmm. 34. 34. Oh, this is a good one. So, this is another series. Monty Python. Let me, let me ask you guys yeah. first. This is another series. Oh. It's got multiple seasons, so we would do season one. Now, the seasons are fairly short, but they're pretty involved. Do we want to do another seri uh, series this early on? I mean, we just finished one. It's up to you. I, I, for the sake of the listeners, I would think we need to hold off on a series for a few episodes. Yeah, let's do a couple of one-offs, and then we can come back to whatever this series is. So with that being said, okay, what was the series? All right, so episode 64, we will start the Amazon series that views the world in an alternative history. Oh. It is The Man in the High Castle. Yes. So... That'll get me to finish watching the series. I love that series. <laughs> I love that series. I haven't I haven't had time to catch up on it. So for for episode 62 Rob, pick a number between 1 and 113. 42, baby. 42. Oh, this is a this is a good movie. This is a classic. Oh shit, I hate classics. What the hell ever. <laughs> if you hate this movie, you are not a a sci-fi fan. So this is uh, this is one of the first in the genre, in a futuristic city sharply divided between the working class and the city planners. The son of the city's mastermind falls in love with a working class prophet who predicts the coming of a savior to mediate their differences. It's directed by Fritz Lang, writers or it stars Brigitte Helm, Alfred Abel, and Gustav Froelich. It is 1927's Metropolis. 
Oh yeah, my! I've seen this movie and it's terrible. Terrible! Oh, what are you talking about? Spoiler. Who who put their name? Who's associated with this one? You? Uh, yeah, this is me. Oh, you suck! What are you talking about? <laughs> this is this is a. Can we is watch Monty classic? Python instead? Is it at least in color? No. No. Nineteen twenty-seven. Is it a silent movie? No. Oh. Is it in English? Uh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, I'm the trifecta. I'm busy that week. <laughs> You're not busy next week. Shit. <laughs> and on that terrible disappointment. <laughs> so, so it's a good one for Jason. The rest of us. Yeah, for Say, normal for normal man. people, we're all yeah we're gonna poo poo okay, this so movie. So this gets an eight point three out of ten on IMDb. On what? Yeah, I don't get. I don't care. What does Rotten Tomatoes give it? <laughs> oh, it came out before Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, you both Fuck. suck. So I can't wait to poo poo this movie. Next week we're going to go over Metropolis. Our intro and outro music is "Welcome Home" by Cambo. Podcrawl music is "Snack Mix" by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargluemedia.com forward slash Discord, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com. Be sure to check out all of the other excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com. And this goes without saying, but the poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions by James and Rob expressed on this show are theirs and might not be shared by Earglue Media or anyone else for that matter. Probably goes for me, but we'll let you. Yeah, especially your movie choice. For this week, I'm Jason. What in the sphincter hell are you playing at? Kaylee, where are the D batteries? God damn it. (laughs) And we'll talk to you next week. That's a big one. <laughs>